Are atheists correct when they say that we should have scientific reason to believe everything that we believe? How do we counter that argument? We're going to talk about that today and a lot more on BibleStudyPodcasts.org, starting now. Hello, everybody, and thank you so much for joining us today. You're listening to BibleStudyPodcasts.org. Today is Friday, January the 7th of 2011. As always, I'm your host, Toby Logsdon. God bless you guys, and thank you so much for joining us today. We are blessed to have you here. We're going to be doing an apologetics lesson here today. We've kind of picked these up again. Uh, the The idea initially was to be doing Q&A lessons with you guys, maybe even live uh, over Skype, but uh, yeah, we just just haven't had the response. We haven't had a lot of people sending in questions and things like that. So uh, that's on hold, at least for the time being. But, you know, maybe having uh, maybe having a lesson on naturalism, which we're going to be talking about today, uh, will be enough to draw some questions out. And maybe in the future, we can start looking at doing some Q&A lessons. So anyway, if you have any questions, feel free to email them to me. And if I get enough of them, uh, things that... Uh, you know, that would pertain to the interests, I guess, of a lot of people, things that would appeal to the interests of a lot of people. Uh, we'll go ahead and do that. We'll do a Q&A lesson in the future. But for now, what we're doing is every first Friday of the month, we're just doing an apologetics lesson. So today we're going to be talking about naturalism. Real quick, though, I do want to get um, a couple of announcements out of the way. Uh, the first, uh, if you guys remember, uh, maybe a couple months ago, maybe two or three months ago, uh, I had asked you guys to be praying for Caitlin and for her mom. Caitlin had come down with a very aggressive form of cancer. She's 13 years old. And um, I, I went down to Little Rock, to the Children's Hospital in Little Rock, and prayed with her and, and talked with her, um, you know, not long after she'd been put in the hospital. Uh, things have not been progressing very well. Uh, she was initially diagnosed with a, a cancer, a form of cancer that would, would kill her within uh, about a month's time. And she lasted longer than that. Uh, but unfortunately, last night, uh, she did pass away. Um, they had brought her back up to northwest Arkansas so that her family could say goodbye to her. And the Lord took her home last night. So anyway, if you guys could just be praying for her family. I know this is a, a tough time for them. Uh, there's not a lot that we can do uh, to, to comfort somebody in that type of situation. But uh, as we learned in our Monday lesson, weep with those who are weeping and rejoice with those who are rejoicing. And I know that Caitlin's family is um, is weeping right now. They're grieving right now. So our response, I guess, is, is just to, to grieve with them, to weep with them, and to uh, to pray that the Lord would, would speak to the family and comfort the family through all of this. The other announcement that I have for you guys is that I am moving out of here at the end of the month. I'm going to be moving out of Arkansas, moving up to the Seattle area. I've been called to be the senior pastor at Linwood Evangelical Free Church, and man, I am really excited to get up there, have a lot to do between now and the end of January when we're going to be leaving. Uh, we've got tons of books, like literally, uh, and we're giving away about a ton of books, literally. <laughs> so uh, anyway, if you guys could just be praying for us as we transition uh, out of Arkansas into the Seattle area, we would very much appreciate it. 
But anyway, let's go ahead and get started with our um, with our talk on naturalism today. Uh, and this really is is about atheists because atheists all have uh, some type of theory about reality and how we came to exist, or at least think that we exist. Uh, some would say that we don't really exist, and that this thing we call reality, or whatever you want to call it, is just an illusion. And when I say that some believe that, I literally mean that this is the view of some. I mean, less than 1% of atheists, in all likelihood, would say that we don't really exist, that this is just an illusion. Some would say that we owe our existence to some sort of alien civilization that put us here. And this view is actually much more commonly held than the illusion theory, but it doesn't really answer any significant questions, such as, well, if we're planted here by an alien civilization, where did they come from? What caused their existence? And what proof exists of such a beginning to human existence? Now, while not all atheists Um, affirm the alien theory of existence, the vast majority do affirm evolution as the theory which explains our existence. And some uh, some affirm both. Some will affirm that aliens uh, put the means for our existence here. They put, you know, the the bacteria or the the cells that would eventually evolve into our existence here. Uh, But most atheists will affirm evolution in one form or another. Uh, atheist scientist and astronomer Carl Sagan used to say that the universe is all that there is and all that there ever has been. And most atheists would agree with that statement, at least to an extent. Uh, Maybe they'd say that the universe has simply always existed, even though such an idea is not only logically impossible, but science has put together a great amount of forensic evidence which points to the universe coming into existence at one point. The Big Bang Theory, basically. So for the atheist who affirms this view, overall, the universe is all there is and all there ever has been. Now, there are a few terms here that we should define before we go any further. Those terms being scientism, materialism, and naturalism. Let's start with scientism. Scientism is the belief that science can explain absolutely everything, in a nutshell. That's what scientism is. And this was born out of the philosophy uh, called empiricism. David Hume said that something can only be known absolutely to be true in one of two ways. First of all, if it's empirically verifiable or observable. That is, if we can look at or, or smell it or hear it or taste or feel something and observe it with our senses, we can know it to be true. The second way that we can know something to be true is if it's true by definition. For example, a triangle, by definition, has three sides. We can know that it's true that a triangle has three sides because if it has more sides or fewer sides than three, it is, by definition, not a triangle. We can also know that 2 plus 2 is 4 because, by definition, 2 plus 2 equals 4. These are the foundations of scientism. All things that we know can be known through scientific study. Science gives an answer for everything. The second term that I want us to define is materialism. Materialism flows from scientism and affirms that the universe is completely material. That is, it's all scientifically observable, measurable, all those things. Everything is either part of the universe or it's a product of the physical 
aspects of the universe. For example, you can't always see electricity, but it's measurable. It's a byproduct of the material universe. Materialism thus asserts that there's nothing which is above, beyond, or outside of the material realm. And thus there's no such thing as something that is immaterial. Everything, absolutely all things, are part of the material universe. That's materialism. So when you put scientism and materialism together, you get something called naturalism. Naturalism is actually the worldview of the vast majority of both skeptics and atheists. So for the atheists to talk about the supernatural is meaningless, since everything is within the natural, scientifically observable, measurable, material realm. For the typical atheist, naturalism is the means by which the atheist worldview is upheld. Now, there are some very significant problems with naturalism, however, and I want to give us six arguments, each of which is going to refute the necessary presuppositions of naturalism. Before we go there, though, I do want to point out a major flaw in the presuppositions of scientism. Now, remember, Hume said that we could only know something if it's empirically observable or, or measurable or verifiable, or if it's true by its very definition. However, this theory of how we can know things, this theory of knowledge, doesn't even fit the criteria for knowledge that it sets. The theory itself isn't empirically observable or measurable or verifiable. It would be impossible to observe that we can only know something to be true if it's observable or if it's true by definition. How would one know through scientific empirical observation that this theory is correct. Logically and practically, it would be impossible. Secondly, this theory isn't true by definition. So this theory, Hume's theory of knowledge, this theory fails to meet the two criteria set by this theory for knowledge, and thus is, by definition, self-defeating. It's really as simple as that. So with one of the two major presuppositions of naturalism gone, all that really remains is materialism. So here are six arguments against naturalism with a primary focus on the inherent problems with materialism. First of all, everybody, everybody, even atheists, acknowledge that there are immaterial things in the universe. Can you think of some? How about ethics? Or what about logic? Now, if somebody denies that ethics or logic exist, then I should be able to kick that person in the gut for no logical reason, right? Well, I wouldn't do that, obviously. But that's the implication if ethics and logic don't exist. Linguistic meaning exists. That's how we communicate. But it's not material. It's not uh, observable or measurable. Can you look at meaning under a microscope? Of course not. Uh, mathematics is also immaterial. When was the last time you looked at the number 13 under a microscope? When did the number 8 come into existence? You might say, right after number 7 started to exist, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, those are really silly things to suggest, right? Because you can't look at math under a microscope. Whether the universe existed or not, 5 plus 5 would still equal 10. The number... 500 would still exist even if the universe didn't exist. That's not just true because of the universe we live in. It would be true in absence of the universe as well. Or what about memories? We all have memories, right? But again, can you look at them under a microscope? 
Of course not. So clearly, even the naturalist believes that immaterial things exist, even if they say that they don't. Because if somebody uh, doesn't believe that they have memories, they'd have to be insane, right? Secondly, similar to the problems with scientism, naturalism asserts that we can only know something if it's empirically verifiable. And any evidence for the supernatural, any evidence for God, for example, which doesn't fit the criteria of naturalism, is rejected a priori. Well, what's wrong with believing that everything that we believe should be empirically verifiable? Well, it's impossible to empirically verify that everything we believe should be empirically verifiable, especially when only certain types of evidence, that is, material evidence, are considered eligible for consideration. But we've already seen that immaterial things do exist, so why should any evidence, which isn't material, be ruled out before even considering it? Obviously, we are capable of knowing things which aren't empirically observable, measurable, or verifiable. And so naturalism's claim that we can only know something to be true if it's empirically verifiable is necessarily false. Third, naturalism cannot empirically verify that there is no supernatural realm. They can't prove that there's no heaven. They can't prove that there's no God. Now, granted, we can't empirically or scientifically prove that one does exist either. We can't necessarily prove that the supernatural realm does exist either. But if they want to reject the belief that the supernatural exists, shouldn't they be able to substantiate that belief through empirical observation? But they can't. So it's something that they believe without empirical observation, which isn't any different from us affirming the existence of God or a supernatural realm without empirical verification. At the very best, then, this turns out to be a wash. They don't get an upper hand by claiming that there's no supernatural realm, and we don't gain an upper hand by claiming that there is one. That's the best case scenario for them. The best case scenario for the atheist is that this is a wash. The worst case scenario is that they realize that they violated one of the necessary tenets of their position by making such a claim and thus are in need of correcting their view that there's no such thing as the supernatural realm. Either way, for an atheist to claim that there's no supernatural realm is an argument that doesn't stand up to logical scrutiny. Fourth, as we've pointed out already, the majority of scientists, yes, even atheistic scientists have concluded, based on the evidence, that the universe did have a beginning. You can call it the Big Bang Theory. You can call this creation. Call it whatever you want. No matter what you call it, the point is that the universe had a beginning. The material universe, therefore, has not always existed. There was a time when nothing existed. Anthony Kenny, a former atheist-turned-agnostic who taught at Oxford University, wrote, quote, According to the Big Bang Theory, the whole matter of the universe began to exist at a particular time in the remote past. A proponent of such a theory, at least if he is an atheist, must believe that the matter of the universe came from nothing and by nothing, end quote. Well, that's at least consistent, and I give Dr. Kenny credit for that much. The question, however, is whether or not something can come from nothing. Well, 
to figure this out, what I've done is I've put together a little scientific experiment here to test the theory that something can come from nothing. So right next to me here, I've, I've got this box, and there's nothing in this box. Uh, it's devoid of all material substance. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to let it sit there for five minutes to see if something can come from nothing. Okay, yeah, we all know what's going to be in the box in five minutes, right? Or five years or, or five million years, right? Why? Because from nothing, nothing comes. And guess what? That's scientifically verifiable. Stephen Hawking is one of the most recognizable names in modern science, and he recently wrote a book called The Grand Design, in which he writes, quote, Spontaneous creation is the reason why there is something rather than nothing, why the universe exists, why we exist, end quote. So it's all about spontaneous creation. Now, let's be just perfectly honest for a moment here. Is that even a scientific statement? I mean, if we can scientifically demonstrate that nothing proceeds from nothing, is the idea of spontaneous creation scientific by any stretch of the imagination? Absolutely not. For a scientist who's as brilliant as Stephen Hawking to write something like that is actually really surprising. You know, I got an email a couple months ago from a listener who forwarded me this article which reported that uh, a team of scientists had possibly figured out what had caused the Big Bang. It was two ions being brought together under the right conditions. And they had this big machine where they brought two ions together and made a, a miniature Big Bang. And they said, okay, this shows how the universe came into existence. Now, did this prove that the universe doesn't need a transcendent God to have created it? Well, my question is, where did the two ions come from? Exactly. So either the atheist has to do what Anthony Kenny suggested, that is, believe that the universe came from nothing and by nothing, and thereby defy scientific theory altogether, or they need to believe that the universe has always existed, which also defies science. But obviously, naturalism does not and cannot explain why something exists instead of nothing. It doesn't explain how the material universe came into existence. This leads to the fifth argument against naturalism, that the presuppositions we've already covered here must be accepted by sheer blind faith, while overlooking any and all evidence which might suggest that they're wrong. It's by blind unsubstantiated faith that they have to accept that empiricism is correct and that the supernatural doesn't exist or that the universe came into existence from nothing. Naturalism must be accepted by faith. And yet, and yet, accepting something by blind faith is contrary to the very essence of naturalism. The position of strict naturalism is therefore internally inconsistent. It's self-defeating. So how would you respond if someone told you we should only believe what can be scientifically proven? Well, maybe we'd respond by asking them to scientifically prove that we should only believe what can be scientifically proven, right? Well, don't hold your breath while they're trying to do that. Naturalism can only be accepted by blind, unsubstantiated faith, which contradicts the very essence of naturalism. Sixth, and this is really the kicker. Naturalism can't explain free will or the ability 
to reason. Because if everything that exists is material, then every choice, every decision that a person makes is determined by a chemical combination. We don't do things based on free will or on reason. We do things based on the reaction of chemicals interacting with one another in our brains. And so thus there's no such thing as reasoning in the naturalistic worldview. Now this doesn't necessarily prove that God exists, but it does demonstrate that naturalism is, by definition, unreasonable. Why? Because free will and reasoning are both immaterial, and the naturalist denies that the immaterial exists. So, by this understanding of free will and reason, every time we freely do something, it would be, by definition, a supernatural occurrence. Now, what's another name for that? What's another name for a supernatural occurrence? How about miracle? So, either miracles happen, or they believe what they believe about the universe because they were biologically predisposed to believe that way. They didn't believe that way because of intellect or reason because those things don't exist according to the naturalist worldview. There's no scientific or logical reason to believe that we should only believe things that can be scientifically proven. There's no legitimately scientific reason to believe that the natural world or universe is all that exists. And one other point, by the way, uh, when we're talking about free will or the ability to reason, what do you call somebody who cannot reason? You call them insane, right? The reason that we have a penal system in this country is because we trust that free will does exist, that people do have the ability to reason. And when somebody cannot uh, reason, when they cannot choose their own actions, what do we do? We put them in an insane asylum. They aren't held criminally responsible because they don't have the ability to choose to commit a crime or not commit a crime. So obviously, there are some serious, serious problems with naturalism, this being the big one. So in conclusion, first of all, naturalism cannot provide an answer for why something exists instead of nothing existing. Think about this for a second. If there was ever a time when nothing existed, wouldn't it be infinitely more likely that nothing would still exist? Secondly, there's no legitimately scientific reason to believe that we should only believe what is scientifically observable, measurable, or verifiable. Third, there's no scientific or logical reason to believe that the material universe is all that exists. Fourth, The naturalist relies on faith, whether they'll admit it or not. Whether they will admit it or not, they rely on faith to sustain their belief system of denying God's existence. And finally, naturalism is, by definition, completely and absolutely unreasonable. So anyway, God bless you guys. Thank you so much for listening today. I'll see you next time on BibleStudyPodcasts.org. Keep growing closer to Jesus. This message has been brought to you by BibleStudyPodcasts.org. We are a listener-supported ministry. If this is your first time listening to us, we thank you so much for joining us, and we ask nothing further from you. But if this is a ministry that you rely on for regular spiritual teaching, we do depend on your financial support to keep us going and growing. If you'd like to make a donation to BibleStudyPodcasts.org to keep us going and reaching thousands of people around the world, you can go to our website, BibleStudyPodcasts.org, 
And you can make a donation on the right-hand side by clicking on the support box. Again, we do rely on your support, and we thank you so much for your financial participation in this ministry, which enables us to continue in our mission of teaching timeless truths in these truthless times. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening today, and keep growing closer to Jesus.